welcome to Lexi's Healthy Dynamic Life. I'm Lexi and on today's episode, I'm so super excited to have Chris Kendall of The Raw Advantage here. He is a raw chef, holistic nutritionist, yoga teacher, and all around awesome dude. We met at the Woodstock Fruit Festival last year in 2019 and I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Chris. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Lexi. It's going to be fun. Totally. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, awesome. I, my name's Chris Kendall. I'm from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. My whole life I've been really living through my passions, such as skateboarding, which led me into raw foods and ended me up on stages and in places like the Woodstock Fruit Festival, chefing for 600 people. I just love to share the things that light me up. I love to do things that I'm called to do and to benefit anyone else I can by sharing them, you know? So that's led me to doing what I do. I just love making raw food. I love uh, living up to my highest health potential and uh, being positive. And that's kind of me in a nutshell been doing this for the last 16 years. I've been a raw foodist, uh, studying nutrition for over 20 years, went to school to become a, a registered holistic nutritionist just over 16 years ago in Vancouver, Canada at a school called CSNN. And uh, that changed my life. It's, it's been an amazing journey and uh, I'm just blessed here to share it with everyone. And we're so blessed to have you. So you mentioned that skating led, a, led you to raw foods. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Since I was six years old, I've been skateboarding and it was my entire life to the point where when I was in my early teens, I remember thinking like, if I didn't have skateboarding, what would life be? Like I didn't, I didn't think it was conceivable without skateboarding. And by the time I was 17, 18, I moved out and that led me to eating very poorly. You know, before that, I was eating pretty darn good food. My mom would make dinner every single day. It was a standard American, but a healthier standard American. But when I moved out, it was like Mr. Noodle ramen was like pretty darn normal and like 49 cent hamburgers and 59 cent cheeseburgers at McDonald's was like my splurge once a week, get 10 of those and have that for the day. Street corner samosas and all that kind of stuff. I remember for one year, part of one year, I'd basically eat like rice with milk and sugar for breakfast and then rice and soy sauce and eggs for dinner. And then a little bit later when I was 19 living in Edmonton, I'd eat like double bacon cheeseburger pizzas every day. Skateboarding was always my life, but living that kind of a lifestyle made it a lot harder to enjoy it and to recover because as my skateboarding got more intense and I was really dreaming to be a professional skateboarder, my body and mind started falling apart. And that's really what started this kind of journey into health. Awesome. How would you describe the diet and lifestyle that you came to choose and how did you come to choose that? I reached a breaking point where I was really just chronically depressed. I'd go to bed not wanting to wake up. I, I've said many times before and I feel bad for saying it, but it is my truth. I'd be in planes and wish it would crash. I, was, I didn't want to live anymore. And I had chronic candida, joint pain, and I just knew I needed something. And I found yoga. And so I was in like 99 and I took on yoga intensely. And that led me into the path of nutrition. I went to another bookstore because I was looking for something else. Yoga kind of went into vegetarianism and the impact food has on your health, physically, mentally, spiritually, right? And I was intrigued. Before that, I thought, whatever, you know, you just be a T-Rex, eat anything you want, who cares? But that really opened up my eyes and heart to a different perspective. And I went to a bookstore and one jumped out called Fit for Life, which talks about a plant-centric lifestyle. And it's cool because in that book, that's like the first main nutrition book that really opened my eyes and the tenets of that book still ring true today and I still share that with people it's an amazing book it really talks about eating more plant foods it outlines a raw food diet uh, it outlines a vegetarian and vegan diet it outlines holistics and uh, that's you know really what I would say is I, I eat a, uh, a raw food diet that's predominated in fruits and vegetables I eat what nature gives us basically if we were living in the jungle or if we look to our closest living relatives I eat pretty darn close to that yeah totally and I love the fact that fit for life was a game changer for you that was the book that led me to make a change in my life as well I was fat sick nearly dead depressed I can totally resonate with you and I think a lot of our listeners can too joint pain just yeah. miserable and it was such a miracle to find someone who had written about this and gave really yeah. easy suggestions to make changes in the way we eat. And here you are now, all raw. So what led you to transition from a plant-based diet to raw food specifically? It was a, a slower transition. It took about four years to go from T-Rex style, eating whatever I could, smoking cigarettes and drinking every night, to a whole foods, plant-based, high raw diet. That was about four, four and a half years. And I was progressively just reading more. You know, like once I get into something, I've 
become kind of addicted and even obsessed at a point, you know, until I was able to let it go. But nutrition was an obsession and I was reading every single thing I could. Lots of stuff on digestion and food combining, which is a really big interest sparked from Fit for Life. And it just led me in that direction. You know, interestingly, the 16 and a half-ish years ago that I went into school, that was my secondary desire for schooling. I wanted to be a chef, actually. And I'd have always made food and loved chefing, but I couldn't find a chefing school that was vegetarian or vegan. And I was already at that point very sure that I was going to be a vegan or just getting into that. And my secondary choice was the nutrition. I went to a school in in Vancouver, CSNN, the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. And at that point, I was like, full-on high raw vegan. As soon as I went into school, it was like fruit for breakfast, fruit for lunch, and then a simple cooked dinner, usually sweet potatoes and broccoli or other stuff like that with the occasional like vegan pizza or something like that. But I was really firm on that path and I wanted to be a raw vegan. I was reading books by David Wolf, like The Sun Food Diet Success System and Nature's First Law. And I was like, cooked food's poison. Oh my God, I, I got to do something. I really want to do this, but I never really could stick with it. I didn't really understand. And it was halfway through that schooling that I went to a taste of health in Vancouver it was a vegan festival and there was three raw speakers and one speaker just jumped out for me like just opened my heart up opened my eyes up he was on fire on stage like literally no word of a lie I used to do a lot of magic mushrooms and stuff that sit in nature and see energy fields his was the first I ever saw not on magic mushrooms and I was like my mind my body my spirit's telling me something I'm gonna follow him and I think it was just one of those like meeting my moment and his name is Dr. Doug Graham later he put out the book called the 80-10-10 diet which interestingly enough if you did know it's kind of cool both Marilyn and Harvey Diamond who wrote Fit for Life and Dr. Doug Graham who ate the 80-10-10 diet were mentored under T.C. Fry and both really believe in a high raw or all raw raw food based diet it's just Marilyn and Harvey kind of went the direction of presenting to a larger audience with a, a more gradual kind of approach and just a bigger approach wider kind of approach their book is it's the most sold book on nutrition ever most translated book on nutrition ever like billions crazy right but anyways I met Doug Graham and I went listened to his lectures he had three that day and that night I talked to him told him my story he was very open at the time helped me understand little things I didn't understand and the next day I went raw and I kid you not that changed my entire life like that just that first day raw and it, it may not have been just the raw food it might have been meeting my purpose because skateboarding led me to it and this is what I believe my purpose is and my eyes and heart opened I remember walking down the street that first day crying every single person I saw along the sidewalk I saw as myself as love and I just felt like this is so amazing I feel so good this is what I'm here for this is what I want to do and that's really what my life has been focused on towards since then is meeting Doug and, and taking those first steps and just feeling so blown open and so connected that I was like, yeah, skateboarding is a fun tool. And before that nutrition was, was all to further my skateboarding. No word of a lie. I was in nutrition school just so I could jump downstairs and heal faster. But after that day, I was like, there's something more to this. So that, that just opened up a whole new game. And I will mention that, you know, it took me about four and a half years of procrastinating while I was all raw and going through a lot of pitfalls and learning more along that route, you know, just beyond enthusiasm that I had in order to decide that I was going to like fully put my feet in there and start up my website and start actually calling myself a registered holistic nutritionist, uh, raw food lifestyle coach and raw chef. It took a little while, but, but uh, that's, that's where I ended up. And now it's been about 11 years full time just doing this stuff, sharing what I love. That's so inspiring and so cool to hear about how just going to a vegan festival and meeting a person can make such a change in one's life. The 80-10-10 diet book for me, also another game changer. So glad you mentioned two of my favorite books so of all time. Oh man, they're, 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 they're so good. And you know, I've shared them with them with so many people. And I mean, I feel so blessed to say that Doug's a, a great friend now. And like, we've talked from the same, same stage. I've even written a book with him and like, life is such a blessing. And yeah, those those are books that I would recommend anyone who wants to change their life and just more perspective on our species specific diet and holistic health in general. Absolutely. So from a holistic nutritionist perspective, what did you come to learn were the benefits of eating raw food or the importance of eating raw plant foods? And even what did you notice in your skating performance as a result of eating raw plant foods? Wow. Simply put, I would just say that raw foods are 
all of the holistic faucets put together, right? So it's like, of course, our own exercise and fresh air and all that stuff is just as important. And it's just as important as food. All the faucets of health are equally important. They're just spokes of the same wheel. But you look at fruits and it's like baked in the sun, is nourished by the soil, it's got fresh air. Maybe the tree is waving the wind as their exercise. I'm not too sure, but you know, they're... <laughs> I look at them as Mother Nature's love just made manifest for us to eat. And that's one of the things that I feel really opened me up and got me from the pit of depression was feeding myself love. Uh, I, I look at fruits and vegetables as Mother Nature's love and just a, a beautiful form made manifest through all of nature's beauty. I don't know if that really answers your question. Certainly. Yeah. Absolutely. Certainly, yeah. It sounds like a number of vitamins and minerals. It's also the energy in the food that makes such a difference in how we feel. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it is just the highest vibing food there is, you know, realistically. Fruit and veggies, number two, both of them are very, very high vibing, uh, very nutrient-packed and they're one of the key things is they're, they're just easier on digestion you can get more for less and that's one of the things that I continually was working towards is how can I get more nutrition more energy with less digestive energy or chemistry energy in my body less time so that I have more energy for everything else and that is one of the reasons that people reverse diseases and feel better and why I felt better on my skateboard and lighter and recover faster it's a wild journey but I've uh being a skateboarder and being so connected with that before I went raw and after I went raw, I've broken multiple bones. Like I've broken this wrist four times, three of them since going raw. And I typically recover in about a half to two thirds the time that I did beforehand. I fractured my back, crushed a vertebra. And my doctor told me that he's never seen a back grow back. It took a couple of years, but it grew back. And so that's a lot better. I was just recently in a major, major motorcycle accident with my girlfriend in 2018 and nearly died and recovered incredibly well. You know, my doctor's all really, really, really happy with my recovery. My uh, PT saying, if everyone was like you, I'd have the easiest job in the world. In terms of like physicality, this diet is ridiculous. And that's really, again, why I got into it. I just progressively was changing my diet so that I could heal faster, feel better, feel lighter, more energetic, all those things. And the diet pays off in spades with that. Wow, that's amazing. I can't even believe that something the doctor didn't even believe could happen happened for you quickly and easily with this diet. That's well, really I, 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 I kid you not, that is part of the story is virtually every single health professional that I've seen who has done tests on me and some of them being very doubtful. Like my family doctor, when I went and told him like, look, you know, it was my sixth year being a raw vegan and told him, you know, this is what I do for profession. I want to get some blood tests done. And he's like, ooh, you know, this and that kind of concerned. But when I came into the office, he was smiling so big. And he's like, you know what, man, you changed someone's mind here today. And I'm like, like, what? What's up? And he's like, thought I was going to have to give you like protein pills and iron pills and this and that. And he's like, your blood work's the best I've ever seen in my career. I'm going to start changing my lifestyle and diet to what you're doing or more towards it. And it, it's funny because the script is flipped. Like when I go to see him, he's usually now kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I still have a little bit of fish, but I like I'm eating way more like, you know, like the, the dynamic is so shifted and it's so fun. And I've had multiple blood tests since then. And I remember I had an allergy test. The one uh, lady who was doing scratch testing thought that for sure I was going to be sensitive for yeasts and for parasites sites and you know she's eating watching me eat these huge fruit meals and just thought I was like had parasites because to most people it seems like I eat an absurd amount of food so she tested me for that tested me for candida and all this other stuff and she's like I've never seen anyone with so few sensitivities I had one sensitivity due to like a, a tattoo under my armpit she said that that was like sensitive zone tests on a cruise is kind of fun I went on a cruise and they tested my overall toxicity it's like well you have like the lowest toxicity I've ever seen on anyone but I'd like to see a little bit more muscle on your frame here's a jacked up person to gym. I've, I've put on some since then. That was a while ago, but it is miraculous, you know, and it, it's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about what I do is the results I've gotten and the results I see in other people who really apply a holistic lifestyle. If we just apply diet or if we just apply fitness, we're only going to get partial results, but we put the whole package together and we see it as spokes on the wheel and we recognize that it's the weakest links that make the biggest difference. Let's start there. We see profound changes, you know, I'm just blessed to share that with people. Absolutely. So eating raw foods, exercising, getting fresh air, sunlight, that's helpful for curing physical ailments, candida, joint pain. What about for people that want to release excess weight? 
It's one of the most amazing and blessed filled diets or lifestyles you could have for losing weight and coming into your natural body weight. A lot of people actually find that they lose a little more than they would wish. And then they find, wow, okay, now I can actually sculpt my body and build it how I want to. But the reason it's naturally a, a weight loss diet for most people, there are a few people who don't, but that can be fine tuned very easily. The vast majority find they lose a lot of weight because fruits and vegetables are the lowest calorie per bite foods on the planet. They're super high in water content, they're super high in fiber, and they're very nutrient dense. Most people are used to eating really caloric dense foods that are also low in volume and relatively low in nutrition, depending on how processed they go. And what that means is it's actually hard to be satiated in getting enough volume, and it's very easy to overdo calories because you're always searching for volume and nutrition. Right, So of those three main things, you're only really, really meeting one. Whereas if you're on a raw food diet, it's actually really easy to meet your nutrient needs as long as you're trying to eat enough. And it's easy to meet your volume needs as long as you're trying to eat enough and you recognize you need to eat a lot. But it can be harder to meet your calories because, again, it's so nutrient-packed and there's so much volume in there. So people often, when they first start, they usually are subtly under-eating calories and that leads to more rapid weight loss. And even when you're eating adequate calories, your body urinates out essentially extra calories, especially from simple sugars, and is very easy to just remain at a very healthful, lean body mass. So you'll notice most people who are on a raw food diet for you know years and years and decades, they're usually pretty fit and trim. It's a commonality. And of course, you don't, we can overdo it. Like we can eat excess calories beyond the point of our body releasing them. So we can put on weight on raw food. More often that's done when we really eat a lot of fats. Uh, or if we're really emotional eating and just like pushing food back way past enjoyment. But it's it's hard to do, very truthfully. It's actually hard to gain weight, especially on a fruit-based diet. Yeah, totally. From nutritionist holistic perspective, are there any specific fruits or vegetables that you would recommend someone eat if they want to lose weight? The main thing that I, I always start with, because, you know, when I first started nutrition, I was learning about individual nutrients and individual foods. And, you know, I kind of looked at the raw diet as a checklist. Let's get this, let's get that. At one point, I kind of let that go and realized that fruits and vegetables offer the most perfect symphony of nutrition. Really, if we focus on the foods we enjoy the most and we really open up our body into that place where it knows better than our mind, it starts to dictate where we go and what foods are quote unquote, best for us, right? So my, my number one is just to say, you know, pick the fruits and vegetables you love the absolute most and eat abundantly, no restriction. If you feel like you'd another, like another bite or two, go for another three. It's a diet where you can push the plate away because you're like, I can't have any more at every single meal and still feel and look your best. Commonly, people utilize bananas and lettuce as like a staple. That doesn't mean that they need to be a staple, but they are usually around they're inexpensive and they're very nutrient dense and very filling for people that are having a harder time getting enough calories and they find they're losing weight faster than they'd like, which what kind of an issue is that? That's a blessing for most people looking to lose weight. Something like bananas or pears or persimmons or date smoothies. These are all foods that have a little bit more of a caloric punch so you can get it, get more in if you, if you feel like you're having a harder time. Because I know a lot of times people start off and they're like, well, I love watermelon and strawberries. Well, you need to eat a lot of watermelon and strawberries to feel balanced and even. And even if you really want to lose weight, sometimes it really stands to have at least one more caloric dense meal per day, like bananas or a date smoothie or persimmons or what other uh, other sweet fruits there are, just to get your baseline of calories. Because if you're vastly under eating calories, then you're not going to feel your best and you start to maybe doubt the lifestyle, which I have seen people do because they you know get on this lifestyle and like, I'm eating a lot. And it's like, I'm still eating like 800 calories a day. It seems like a lot compared to muffins and other stuff, right? But it does take quite a bit of volume. That's my long-winded answer for the fruits that I recommend the most. <laughs> yeah, well, as someone who lost a lot of weight myself, getting the news that the hardest part was going to be eating enough, that was like the best news ever because I love to eat and I still love to eat. Yeah, yeah. So 
That's really interesting. I'm in the same boat. I, I love to eat and I mean, I always have eaten a lot of food, so it wasn't a hard switch. It still take a bit of time to understand. Like my first six months on raw food, I was under eating and part of it was because I wasn't eating enough calorie dense fruits. And so that led me to get to the lowest body weight that I really have been except for fasting. You know, I got down to like 155 and you know, I, I normally sit around 180 now. I was a lot lighter and once I learned to eat enough, consistently than I has had even higher energy levels and just even more like balanced and great feeling. It's important. Totally. And you mentioned earlier that after you got tested on the cruise and a, the guy said you could put on some more muscle mass and you said, you know, I eventually did. What was that like? For most of us, we're led to believe that we need certain sources of protein to build muscle. So from your background and your education, what would you have to say about that? Our needs for protein are much lower than most people understand. You know, I mean, we look at a baby that is growing at a faster rate than we ever will in our life. Even top bodybuilders don't put on the mass as fast as babies do, you know, in terms of proportional for body size, like they're doubling in size, right? Bodybuilders don't do that. They're really consuming roughly, you know, like about seven or six, seven percent protein is fairly low in mother's milk. I'm forgetting the exact figure. I apologize for that. But I know it's, it's much lower than most people would guess. There have been studies done showing, you know, like how much protein someone can get by with without muscle wasting. These are done in inhumane situations in prison camps and stuff like that. And what they found was 2%. They got 2% of their total calories from protein even doing labor and stuff like that, they wouldn't get muscle wasting. Now, as the safety mechanism and very common in nutrition, they double that figure to try and cover all ethnicities, ages, and races. So that leaves with us with around 4%, which is typically actually the uh, recommended minimum. With 4% as a basic minimum, we can look at fruits, which on average range between 4 to 8% uh, amino acids per calorie. Amino acids is what we require. We don't need protein. Amino acids are the building blocks of protein, right? So they're the original source. And all the food that people eat when they're eating whole proteins or complete proteins from animal sources is because the animals ate plants. You know, they ate grass, which contains amino acids. So that's our original protein source. Vegetables range 15 to 30 plus percent protein per calorie or amino acids. So through eating an abundance of fruits and vegetables, you can get anywhere between five to 12% protein fairly easily. And that can meet our nutritional needs. And it's interesting too, one other point on that is when we're weightlifting, when we're bodybuilding, when we're doing activity that fosters growth, it's not that we need a higher percentage of protein, it's that we're gonna need more total calories to fulfill our needs for that activity which thereby also gives us more total protein. The 80-10-10 diet is a great book to bring up and what Doug Graham says, and he didn't make these numbers up. He got these numbers from the biggest amount of scientific knowledge and nutritional literature is that for optimal health and fitness, a diet comprised of about 80% or more of your total calories from carbohydrates and 10% or less on average from protein and fat brings about the best results. And this is really specifically known in sports nutrition. It's more than adequate, right? And I mean, if you want, you can eat more greens or you can eat nuts and seeds to bolster up your, your protein. If you want, you can eat sprouted lentils to really bring it up even higher. Wouldn't personally go above 15% myself, but I, I feel great anywhere in that range. And that's usually where I am with fat and protein. It's like a roughly five, 6% and up to about 15. And if you want to put on muscle, it, it takes doing the work. That's the thing. If we're a long distance runner, we're going to be lean and mean. But if we're in the gym and pumping iron and pushing ourselves to lift heavier and heavier weights, eating enough calories and giving ourselves enough time to recover, you can put on muscle like crazy on a raw food diet. Absolutely. So you said 80% of calories should come from carbohydrates. We're taught to eat a low carb diet and that sugar is bad. If I want to yeah. lose weight or maintain a healthy weight, how can I be eating so much sugar? Yeah, it's amazing, right? I mean, you look at diabetes. It's the easiest way to reverse diabetes. You know, best-selling New York Times book, Mastering which one is this? Robbie Barbero and uh, Dr. Sayos Kalbadi. They have a book out specifically on reversing diabetes with a high carbohydrate plan, which goes against what a lot of people would just think. The truth is there's just a, a vast difference between sugar, white sugar, or high fructose corn syrup, which is often used in studies and demonized in the literature, 
and whole fruit. Whole fruit sugar has different forms of sugar in it. It has loads of water, loads of fiber, loads of phytonutrients and, and nutrients of all kinds in there. You know, it's just a, a symphony of nutrition, right? And it reacts in the body very differently. And because of that high water content and the high fiber content, Again, it's hard to overeat and sugar isn't the problem. Excess is really the problem. Getting way too much and without the fiber, without the water, without all the other components of it can cause issues. The one thing that I'd add to that is too, is if you're eating a high fat diet, especially with processed foods and oils and stuff like that, that can clog up the body a little bit more in the way that it reduces insulin function. So if somebody's eating tons of you know, processed foods and, you know, most people are eating somewhere between 35 to 50% fat in their diet. If you're eating that much fat in your diet, then it can hinder the ability of the body to transport and deliver sugar to your cells. And that can cause candida or other kind of metabolic disorders and can actually give someone diabetes or prediabetes if they're doing that consistently. Whereas on the other side, having 10% or less or in between 5 to 15-ish percent fat in your diet, better with whole foods. So we're looking at nuts and seeds and avocados and coconuts. Then your insulin function is very sharp and your body can very easily handle the 80 plus percent carbohydrate in your diet. And in fact, that's what our cells all run on. You know, every cell in our body, save a few in the heart, run off of simple carbohydrates. The animals that are the most close to us are eating a fruit-based diet in nature. And in fact, when you look at the primates out in nature, the ones that are the most closely resembling us are the pygmy chimpanzee or the bonobo. And they eat the most fruit out of all the other apes. And they're also the most peaceful and most intelligent. Nature always kind of points in that direction. And it's, it's really not an issue, very thankfully, because it tastes great, it feels great, and it leaves you more satisfied than anything else. Mm-mm. So you've given us so many good points here. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned about eating? One of the biggest ones is that to fulfill all of our needs, they're all pleasurable. Follow pleasure, follow enjoyment, follow what nature provides. I mean, whether we're talking about sleep or going to the bathroom or procreating or pretending to procreate, eating, they're all really enjoyable and great. That is one of my biggest things is just like nutrition doesn't have to be about eating kibbles and bits and depriving yourself and needing to work out and get those extra calories off because you overdid it. When we're eating from nature's design and when we're eating fruits and vegetables in appropriate quantities, it's a joy. And it's about focusing on the ones you enjoy the most and sampling all of nature's bounty, getting some variety, letting your body taste new things so that you're turned on to different nutrients and different nutrient profiles around the year. That's how a variety comes in. To me, it's just one of complete abundance and appreciation of nature. That's awesome. Would you say that it is about a 50-50 plate of fruits and vegetables that leads to optimum health, weight loss, and wellness? Or how would you go about dividing the proportions of fruit and veggies? That's a great question and an important one. There's two main ways of looking at things. And this is where a lot of people get confused is a a lot of books and a lot of nutritional studies, even they talk about volume of food. Now, when we were talking about 80, 10, 10, we're actually talking about calories. In terms of calories, fruit predominate, we're getting 80 plus percent of our calories from fruit, essentially. And I mean, trying to get a lot of calories from vegetables is actually very hard because they are the lowest calorie source per bite on the planet. Even getting 4% of our calories from greens is very challenging. It's, it's, it's a lot. That's more than 99% of the people on the planet probably eat. As an example, I'm you know about 180 pounds. And if I was to get all of my calories, I, I generally eat about 3,000 calories a day, 27 to 3,200 calories a day. And if I'm just for ease going to get 3,000 calories a day, that looks like 30 bananas. A website was made up called 30 bananas a day, just kind of for that point, right? But if I was just getting from bananas, it's like it's 30, which to most people sounds absurd. It's actually about 11 pounds or so of of bananas, somewhere around there, 11 or 12 pounds. Someone was going to point that out, the math. So anyways, it's around 10, 11 pounds. And I can easily do that in two meals. For me, 20 bananas is a normal meal. Mind you, when I first started, like eight was a meal, then 10 a little while later, then 12 a little while later, then 15. But yeah, it, your, your digestion improves, your stomach elasticity flexes out, and you start to feel more comfortable physically and physiologically eating larger portions as your body adapts. So that's just for that for that reason. Now, if I was going to be eating all my calories from lettuce, for example, I, I got my app here. 
I can uh, actually open it up and look just to quote the numbers properly. There's a list of ingredients from romaine lettuce, 77 calories per pound, 3,000 <laughs> divided by 77. Uh, no, what is it? 77 divided by 3,000? Would that be? It's a lot of lettuce. It's a lot of lettuce. It's more lettuce than anyone could ever consume. You know, we're like, we're looking at 40 some heads of lettuce. Like it's, you're not going to be able to do it digestively or comfortably right so vegetables really aren't a calorie source in that way definitely things like broccoli if you cook them down you can get more calories but even if you're going to try and get all your calories from something like broccoli you're not going to even come close and what that leads us to is you know getting again the bulk of our calories from carbohydrate or otherwise from fat and a lot of people go towards fat because they fear sugar but again that lowers insulin sensitivity and also lowers our body's ability to transport and deliver this is from 801010 transport and deliver oxygen to all of our cells. So if we want to have great insulin function, if we want to have a really good cellular oxygenation, we're looking at a lower fat diet. So that's calories. But the other way of doing it is volume. And if we're looking at volume, because vegetables are so low in calories and high in volume, I can actually be eating the same amount volume wise of vegetables as fruit and still only be getting, you know, like two to 4% of my calories from vegetables, you know, so my plate is predominated by fruit for breakfast and lunch. And usually I start dinner with fruit, but dinner is a lot of veggies and it shocks people how much I eat. You know, again, after doing this for so long, my digestion is pretty big and I'm an active guy, but I'm very commonly eating like a four to five pound dinner meal you know whether that's a curry or a salad it's a lot because it's usually like at least you know a pound and a half to two and a half pounds of vegetable matter itself so whether that's like cauliflower or lettuce or mushrooms or a bunch of other things and then i usually have at least a liter of dressing sometimes more which is pretty heavy in of itself so it's like a a big family size bowl when i go somewhere people are like Oh, like you made that for us. I'm like, no, that's for me. You can try a scoop, you know, should have told me beforehand. <laughs> yeah. So that totally brings us to the fact that you are an awesome raw chef. Isn't that hard to be a chef without cooking food? Just like the lifestyle itself, I, I find it easier in many ways. You know, like when I was vegan, I found that a little more difficult because I was looking at all these ingredients and making sure that they're this and that. And if I go to a restaurant, like double checking everything. Well, when I'm making food, I, I know what the ingredients are. They're just whole foods. And it's really fun to me because it just brings an opportunity for more creative potential, I guess, right? Because I can make everything from scratch. So I, I can look at any recipe and just look at the major flavors and look at the major ingredients and substitute them for raw foods. And it's the same as anything that you're making from scratch. It takes a little bit more time than if you're using pre-boxed packaged things. But to me, it's just it's, it's loads of fun. And it was just a whole new world to explore when I got into just all raw whole foods, as opposed to before I was kind of the ghetto chef making like everything from processed food. It's, it's fun. And it's just like, I think it's an opportunity to play with the five flavors and to play with fresh ingredients and things up. And you can make anything like I mean, I, I make pizzas that I swear most people wouldn't even know they're raw food or vegan and curries and lasagnas and French fries and, and then also just make simple things like smoothies and juices and all that fun stuff. So there's limitless creativity. It's just learning something a little bit new. You know, it's just learning the nuances of raw food chefing and, and combining different foods for different flavor profiles. It takes a little bit of time, but once you get the basics down, it's it's really the same thing as making anything from scratch. It's just put it to fire. <laughs> a lot of time, you know, I make a sauce that would be very the same, like exactly the same. Most of my curries are based off of how they would make them in the countries that curries come from. It's just, I don't put them on the fire app. Awesome. You mentioned that once you know the basics, it's pretty simple to put together a recipe. Would you yeah. mind sharing with us maybe some of your basic tips? Yeah, no, absolutely. Some of the simplest ones are really understanding the five flavors. And a lot of people know four, but there are five. So we got sweet, savory, pungent, sour, and the last one is umame. And umame is explained as like just yumminess. It's a, a savory flavor that is often found in things like cheeses and in sun-dried tomatoes or tomatoes or MSG, glutamate, you know, it's in mushrooms. And there is MSG, which is added to a lot of foods and people go crazy for it, right? But it gives a lot of issues for people, you know, headaches and other things like that. But free glutamate is found in things like tomatoes and mushrooms. So they're 
in the plant world, they add a lot of extra savory kind of like, oh my God, what is that flavor? You know, and, and neat textures as well. Understanding those five flavors and knowing, okay, well, if I'm going to recreate a dish, what is the predominant flavor that I want? So if your predominant flavor is sweet, well, then you're going to want to start with something sweet. So you can have a list of sweet based foods. You can have a list of all the different flavored based foods and complement them. And I, I find the foods that really pop the most, whether we're talking about a whole food or whether we're talking about recipe that you're making, they do have a balance of at least three or four of those five flavors. And the dishes that just pop, they usually have four or five of them, right? And sometimes it just requires like a little accent. It might be in the skin of the fruit that there's just a little bit of bitter. If you're making a dish, sometimes just adding a little bit of bitter or a little bit of sour can just bring out the flavors that much more. So that, that'd be like the number one tip that I'd say in terms of really flavor pairing. Have, you know, like one predominant flavor, one secondary, and then the others are usually accents. Sometimes I like to be heavy on all of it and just like make like an intense sauce. It just depends on your tastes and that's kind of where personal tastes come in i'd also just say have the spirit of play you know, recognize that it is just playing with food and the more you play with it the more lighthearted you are the more experimental you are the more likely you're going to find things you love because if you take it too seriously and you're worried about it well you're not experimenting as much and it's just not as fun and it makes it harder to do i do actually have a whole book called naturally raw some sauces which goes over my 10 key tips to become a sauce boss and like make some of the most tasty, delicious sauces. And I got loads and loads of recipes for free on my app and on my website. I think over 100 on my app where you can just get so many ideas. And through applying those, you'll get some of the tips right in them because I apply all my tips right into the recipes themselves. That's awesome advice and so grateful for you sharing those resources as well. I was thinking, well, that sounds super fun, but for someone who is busy and constantly running around, just give me the recipes. Tell me where to get the recipes. So your app is, sorry. No, no, you, the app is um, The Raw Advantage. Yeah. yeah, it's just called The Raw Advantage Raw Recipes. And, and you're totally right. And you know, the beautiful thing is again too, like if it's all mapped out for you and you just try recipes and stuff like that, you'll learn by osmosis, right? Because you'll just start to, understand some of the basics of food combining and flavor pairing and you know you can play with the recipes themselves i always recommend that recipes are just guidelines and feel free to adapt them and use different ingredients and play with it right you find out what you enjoy the most so that's that is available on my website as well as the google play store and the iphone or itunes store awesome what are your favorite meals right now Right now, truthfully, banana smoothie with some barley grass juice powder is one of my all-time favorites. And barley grass juice powder is just a dehydrated barley grass juice. So it's like pounds of juice put down into a powder and you just conveniently put it in there with less fiber. So I really enjoy the flavor of that. And for green smoothies, it's usually my favorite. Otherwise, oh man, I do love a banana arugula smoothie, which sounds really weird but I just love it. I just haven't had it for a couple months, but I, now I'm, I'm perked to go get some arugula or ask my mom too if she goes to the store. That's one of my favorites. It's just a super simple, basic, staple kind of smoothie that I just love. But dinner-wise, definitely my favorite lately, actually the last couple of years, has been what I call Cocoa Butter Veggies 2.0 or Chris's Creamy Curry. And it's a raw vegan curry, of like a East Indian kind of flavored curry that is kind of a mix of two dishes that a lot of people may recognize one butter chicken but of course without butter or chicken and aloo gobi which is like cauliflower and peas and some other veggies it's like a vegetable curry and you could serve it and i have served it to uh someone who's used to the authentic stuff and they wouldn't even notice necessarily that it's raw food there's certain tips i use in there such as freezing some of my veggies and thawing them which really softens them and makes them taste like they're cooked and the curry sauce is just really thick and tasty and I usually partially dehydrate some mushrooms which just kind of crisps them up a little bit and makes their flavors even more intense and it's it's really dang nutrient dense and really is pretty calorie dense too and it's just really flavorful so I eat that quite a bit it's like bananas for lunch and curry for dinner is a is a pretty common thing right now uh, where I'm at and with what I can get in Saskatoon right now. That sounds so good. My mouth is watering. You gave us an idea of what your favorite go-to foods are and they sound amazing. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? That's so tough. Can, can I have lettuce alongside that one food just, you know, like to balance it out a little bit? <laughs> okay. I'd say, we'll let yeah. you have the lettuce. <laughs> yeah. It really 
really be a toss-up. I think it's it's so boring to some, but it'd probably be bananas, especially if I can have all varieties of bananas. It's another cheat, but there's so many varieties, right? But I mean, they're just, you know, they're just so reliable. I rarely get sick of them. But really also, I'd probably want to say mangoes or cherimoya. I often say my favorite fruit is what's in my hand in season, you know, and like during different seasons. It's one of the beauties of Mother Nature. By the time you start to get a little bit sick of a food because you've, you know, you've had that nutrient profile enough and you've had that flavor enough and your body's just saturated with what it gives you, the next season's there. And it's like, oh my God, this persimmon that I haven't had for like, eight months is the best thing I've ever had in my life. And after eating them until my eyeballs fall out after a couple months, it's like, okay, like I still love persimmon, but I'm ready for that next thing, you know, and it, some foods you never get sick of. I mean, I, I found, I did get sick of mango. That's why I was thinking like, do I want to say mango? Like mango is one of my all time favorite. And one year I really tried to follow the seasons and get them from different places and travel and just eat mangoes. And after six months of eating predominantly mangoes, like I was eating for a good portion of that, about three months of that, I was eating usually about 25 kilos. So over 50 pounds a week, you know, I was getting most of my calories from mangoes, like almost 60 pounds a week. I started to actually get sick of mango and I was like, okay, it's time to let go of mango, you know, but it, it takes some time. So that's a hard question to answer. And thank God that we don't have to live that, right? So it's, it's nice to have some variety, but those foods you love the most, you know, smash them back. People sometimes are afraid and think like, don't you get sick of eating one kind of food a lot of the time? Or isn't that bad for you just to eat bananas? And it's like, man, fruits, you know, they're, they're the closest approximate to perfect, perfect food for our body. Like when we look at all the nutrition we need, whether we're talking about protein or carbohydrates or fats or minerals or vitamins, there's no food on the planet that comes closer to meeting our exact needs than fruit, right? Vegetables come number two and they are packed with protein and minerals. So they make the perfect complement because they bring the levels up to optimal levels when you eat enough. But fruit is mother nature's food made manifest for us. You know, it's like, it's, it's perfect. You know, it's, it's awesome. So I, yeah, I, I'm a bit of a fruit nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I, even, I even have a banana mustache. Ah, that's so cute. I love it. And I'm so glad you brought up peace, love and seasonal fruit. I just yes. recently heard someone say, oh, there we go. On the video, we've got the shirt, and I just recently heard someone say, you know, at the time of recording this, we're in the COVID-19 quarantine, right? Like, isn't it such a blessing that in cold and flu season, it's orange season, we can get... Yes, I, I love oranges, oh my lord. Like, when it comes to orange season and citrus, it's like, the winter months get a little more sparse with variety, but we always have bananas, and we have mad citrus, and loads of vegetables, and we're blessed. We're back in the Garden of Eden. You know, we, we have worldwide shipping, even in a crisis like this, where we get a lot of varieties. And, you know, people can complain and say like, oh, the quality isn't this, or I wish it was in the tropics. But it's all what you focus on. You know, like, when we would have lived in the jungles, or if we were living in nature, it's not like we're eating the most pristine, perfect thing, every single meal, every single bite. A lot of times we're opportunists, and we might not come across great food sources for, for a long time. That's how we survived was needing to feast and famine and, and sometimes fast and sometimes eat bark and sometimes eat other stuff like compared to nature we probably have the most most beneficial food availability of, of ever right except for maybe the garden or whatever you want to believe right so it's like we're just so blessed and uh, i love the variety and the availability and how mother nature provides a variety over the year it's just it's just so awesome and hearing that perspective is just so beautiful to be so grateful and to feel blessed for all the fruit and the vegetables that nature's provided. I'm curious, when you first started, or even now, do you ever crave to eat things that aren't fruits or vegetables that, or that aren't raw plant foods? And if so, what do you do about that? I meet all of my nutrient needs and my texture needs and my flavor needs through raw foods and, and being creative with recipes. You know, so when I first started, you know, I, I really ate simply. I didn't eat a lot of greens. I ate a lot of fruit and that felt really good. But as time went on, I really noticed I wanted more savory flavors and it led me to eating more vegetables and through emotional issues and other issues, I, I found myself choosing foods that weren't what I was seeing as my ideal. Most of that though was through coping with, you know, either emotional stresses or social stresses and 
not really knowing how to fulfill it in a raw food way. These days, that's not really much of a concern. And again, with my recipes, whether I'm making curries or things like that, it makes it really easy for me. The one thing with full disclaimer that I do eat that isn't technically all raw is frozen peas. If I can get fresh peas and freeze them myself, I do that because they work really well and they can be eaten very, very deliciously raw. But when they're frozen in the store, they're technically blanched. And they're one food that I just, one, really enjoy, and two, find absolutely no detriment to eating on occasion in my curries. So I sometimes buy those if I can't get them fresh. Every year it gets easier and easier, and this is just what I do. You know, like in the beginnings, if I did crave something and I went for it, it set me on kind of a, a hoopty in my mind where I'd think of every single cooked food that I ever was couldn't eat or didn't eat and want to eat all of them. And when I switched it to... I can really eat anything I want. It doesn't define me. It doesn't make a difference in my self-worth. It's, it's just food and it's just choice and experience. And I noticed that when I ate cooked foods, I generally feel heavier and more cloudy. And it kind of felt like I was putting sunglasses on where all of a sudden the world was just a little less bright. And I had to kind of push myself to work out rather than just feel like moving and, and being joyous and bouncy. And it just led me to wanting to choose raw foods more and more and more. And through getting consistent with that, it's just it's just the new norm, right? And of course, in mass devastation or in a, a major emotional thing, you know, they say uh, a smoker's always a smoker or a drinker's always a drinker when the cards are down. Well, we are all raw foodists. You know, I love Doug Graham saying, you know, we're all raw foodists. Some of us just choose to eat cooked food. And cooked food is one of the biggest drugs uh, in that it causes a psychological or physiological shift, right? It causes a state change. It numbs us out. It slows us down. And most of us use it as a security blanket, as, a, as a, something to hold on to when times get tough, right? So for most people, and for myself included, for a long period of time, when things got really hard, that's what I'd be looking to for to soothe the pain I was feeling. And it really takes learning new coping mechanisms. And part of that is just being okay with feeling intensely. Because when you're eating a raw food diet, you feel everything way more intensely because you don't have as much energy diverted to digestion. So you have way more energy for emoting and you're not numbed out by cooked food. So you feel things way more intensely. And if you can be okay with that and you can learn new coping mechanisms, then those cravings don't hit you, right? Because most of those cravings are just for as an emotional salve. The last thing I'll say on that long-winded answer here is... There are, there's of course the possibility of having nutritional cravings, right? Of having specific cravings to be fulfilled by nutrition. And there are some times where you might crave a food. Some people crave chocolate, for example, you know, it's the most key example. And it may be that they just want chocolate or they want the stimulation, but it may also be that they normally get their magnesium from chocolate and they're not used to eating a lot of greens. And when you start eating a lot of greens, your body starts to identify the key nutrients in those foods. So the cravings can actually shift from chocolate to greens. And all of a sudden you can just be like, oh, I want greens, right? So knowing which nutrients are high in certain foods. And if you have a really intense craving that keeps on coming up, that's what they say, true needs persist. So if you have a craving that keeps on coming up time and time again, look into the nutritional components of those foods because they're could be something in there that you're actually requiring and look to replace it with other whole, fresh, ripe, raw fruits and vegetables. And that can help you let go of that craving. So that's just a, a quick little tip on cravings and all that fun stuff. That's so cool. I'm so glad you shared that. So if I crave chocolate, I will turn to the greens. Yeah, and just I get those greens. <laughs> I'm just so grateful. Or raw chocolate, right? You can eat some raw chocolate if you want yes. to. Right? Yum. Absolutely. It's just so cool that you've been through this yourself and you've also created some delicious recipes that are close to home. The pizza, the curries, the shepherd's pie I saw you just posted, still all raw plant foods. So thank you for doing all that work for everybody out here. <laughs> it's a pleasure and it's a play. You know, I wouldn't be doing it if I wasn't enjoying it the heck out of it, right? So. Absolutely. And just you had mentioned that when you were eating cooked foods, it was like a chore to go exercise or to work out. But when you decided to eat raw plant foods, you had the energy to move. Uh, what are your favorite ways to move? What do you like to do to get all that energy out? <laughs> Well, you know, my absolute favorite really is skateboarding and surfing. Uh, I love yoga a lot. 
I like to just sing, like dance around and play and, and have a lot of fun. I like to rock climb. I just like being active in general. I've actually really developed a strong love for the gym and for weightlifting. You know, since this motorcycle accident in 2018, I needed to do tons of rehab, like six hours a day, five days a week often, and sometimes more, sometimes eight hours a day. And I just fell in love with it because of the results it gave me. And that's kind of the same with the raw food lifestyle. It's like, I never would have dreamt to be eating in the way I do now. Like 20 years ago, I would have thought I was the biggest dork, to be honest, you know, and made fun of me. But the results are undeniable. And when you give things a chance and, you know, you you enjoy and try and make the best of things, sometimes things that you think are weird and crazy can all of a sudden be like, oh my God, this is my favorite thing I've ever done. It's the same with eating a raw food lifestyle and it's the same with being fit and working out. It just makes you feel so darn good. It's a, a way to push yourself and, uh, and the results are really fun as well. Absolutely. The results are definitely what kept me on a raw plant food diet at first. And then I realized all sorts of other benefits in my energy levels, my mental clarity, relationships, it really just goes it, on and on, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's hard to find any, any negative. It's like, there's really no drawbacks, you know what I mean? And any perceived drawback, because someone could say like, oh, but it's harder socially. Well, the reality is it's an opportunity for you to really break into vulnerability and be social for the reasons of being social rather than food. Because a lot of times, again, we use food as a mask, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's how we've been societally trained. But when we let go of that mask or that distraction or that cover-up, we're left real and raw and vulnerable. And that's a beautiful thing that allows us to grow. And that also instigates growth in others. So I think it's just a, a double blessing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing all of this goodness, all these tips and tricks and your story. Do you have any lasting advice or words of wisdom or inspiration for us? The last thing that I'd like to say, and I think is very, very important, is just be very loving, uh, very patient, and very compassionate with yourself. Taking a lifetime to get where you are, and it's not going to be a snap your fingers overnight, no matter what your brain thinks, to just switch everything, because this is a vortex of positive change. You know, you change your diet, it changes your life on every single level, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and it takes some time. And I think just having like adult-sized portions of compassion for yourself and adult-sized portions of patience with yourself and recognizing that you are divine spirit, you are love, you are perfect as you are. You just have the opportunity to experience shifts and to clean that level of perception within yourself by eating cleaner foods and treating yourself amazingly. And it's a process. So enjoy the whole thing, every single step and uh, enjoy each bite. I love that. I love it. So good. So enjoyable. Love, light. Love every bite. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been such a pleasure getting to know more about you and your story and everything you have to offer us. We really appreciate you taking the time today. On honor and pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me and for the chance to connect with each one of you guys. Definitely a pleasure and hope to see you guys out at a festival or a treat or online or on anywhere, you know, say what's up. Give me a hug. Give me a poke. Give me a punch, whatever. feels good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just excited to meet and share and grow with everyone. Absolutely. Thank you everyone for listening and I hope you have a happy, healthy, dynamic day.